0: Hey Selfish Babes, welcome back to the Selfish Babe Selfish Talk Podcast. It is your girl Olenike Osipawala here. And I am actually super duper excited to release this beautiful episode to you. Okay. I interviewed the great Miss Pravala. And for those that you of you that don't know Miss Pravala, I how would I describe Miss Pravala? I would say Miss Pravala is a goddess. <laughs> Honestly, Miss Pravala is a living goddess. That's why this episode is titled "Miss Pravala, the Venusian Goddess." To know everything, luxury, spirituality. Miss Pravala is a goddess that I felt like I was introduced to about a year and a half ago through YouTube. I saw some of her YouTube videos. I really liked what she embodied. I liked what she was talking about—luxury, luxury, spirituality, goddesses, as well as some African spirituality practices. And I had never seen somebody on the internet kind of embody all the things together that I love. And Ms. Pravala does that by living her best life, okay? And so in this episode, I had the beautiful opportunity to interview her I know that you guys are going to love this conversation. Make sure to add her on Instagram. You may not see much posted on Instagram right now, but still add her on Instagram. And where you can find her most active right now would be on YouTube. Just search Miss Pravala as well as on TikTok. But affirming you guys love this episode, make sure to screenshot and tag me at Olenike Osibawale, at Selfish Babe, at The Selfish Talk Podcast, and at Official Miss Pravala. Love you guys. Bye. I forgot to add, um, this is a part one of two episodes. Our interview was almost two hours and I didn't just want to have that be one episode. And so this is part one of part two. Part two will be up next. Welcome to my beautiful Selfish Babes, joining the Selfish Babes Selfish Talk podcast. I am truly, truly excited to be interviewing the Venusian goddess herself, Miss Pravala. I'm so excited um, that she said yes to this interview, and I know that you guys are going to love it. And so, Miss Pravala, will you say hi to our Selfish Babes? Hi, Selfish Babes. (laughs) (laughs) I hope
1: hope this... um... This, um, whatever we're doing today is carrying a message of sure. lavish and abundance. Uh, sure. And that as you come out of that, you realize that you hold the keys already. You are the uh, full divine entitlement and you're fully supported by your guides and by the whole cosmic celestial family. Um, so it doesn't matter what happens. Uh, and whatever I say, this is already the,
0: the big message that I have for you shay thank you. Yeah. So Ms. Pravala, I want to start off by first um, letting our audience kind of get to know you. Um, from what I believe, and if I'm wrong, I'm wrong, but I believe you grew up in Cameroon. Is that right? Gabon. Gabon, yes. Mm-hmm. Well, would you be able to tell us a little bit about your childhood um, and about your visits to the river and just about a little bit about how you grew up because we want to know that? Um, okay, so Gabon is near Cameroon,
1: mm-hmm. so for that you're hundred um, percent correct. It's a Bantu part of the Bantu um, group, which is in sub-Saharan Africa. Uh, it's the group that you find in Cameroon, Congo, Gabon, Angola, mm-hmm. um, and other other countries as well. Yeah. Um, what's very particular about Gabon is that it's tiny, it's small. Yeah. Um, And it has 54 ethnic groups with less than 2 million people total. Okay. 54 ethnic groups, meaning 54 different tribes speaking different languages, which have nothing to do with one another.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, So it's 2 million people, 50 plus languages, um, different types of, you know, just the way we look and the, the way we even go to. Um, culturally speaking, the way we relate to one another. Yeah. Um, because I don't know if you know, but um, during slavery and colonization, um, the whole African continent was split mm. um, into arbitrary countries, which actually were would not be countries. Okay. Um, basically, they put people that were separate, different from one another together, That's why, you know, when I go to other countries, you know, Equatorial Guinea, Angola, I would speak the same native language, but we don't speak the same official language. Hmm. Um, Gabon is very particular as well because it was able to maintain um, an authentic spirituality. Okay. Which um, basically was a report to the divinity, to God. Okay. Um, which was never taken away from us. So, the way um, we were able to do that was two ways. There were two groups that basically split. The first one decided to take upon religious codes, so yeah. Christian codes. So you will see um, Gabonese people performing our rites, our rituals. Yeah. Um, but sort of playing it in a theatrical mass, you know, like the way you go to church. Okay. So different symbolism. And I have found that in uh, some of my initiations in West Africa, in Santeria as well, where they have actually exported some of the codes of using some saints' names to actually uh, call some of our, our own ancestors' names yeah so that was a way to protect our spirituality but still be safe during yeah. times that were difficult. so carrying you know spirituality and divinity using church codes, but then the other part uh, and which is actually what um other um spiritualities like voodoo decided yeah. to do, which was to demonize ourselves yeah so that, I don't want to say the white men, but that's what it was before.
0: Yeah, we um,
1: um, Would be scared. Yeah, basically. So, um, purposefully coming up as bad witchcraft. Yeah. In order for them not to come and invade and take, you know, our mm. secrets, mm. our relics, our statues, mm. um, and things like that. Mm. Um, so. That's why a lot of times you would hear, you know, anything that is not mainstream monotheistic religion being portrayed as evil. Yeah. It was actually done on purpose.
0: I didn't a, know that.
1: Yes. So some of, even some of the masks, some of the, um, the, 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 face paints. Yeah. That may look uh, sometimes. Um, um, scary. Horrific. Scary. Yeah. <laughs> we're actually the nicest. Yeah. Um, um. The nicest uh, divine beings actually portrayed as such. It was a way to shield ourselves, because what happened, and this is actually a big debate even here in Europe, Mm -hmm. all throughout Europe, uh, where we now have a big discussion on all of the museums carrying our statues, yeah, from the pharaohs, but also all of the stuff that we use for our spirituality in like, like the small villages, being the main course so to speak of those museums that um get millions and millions of people tr- tourists traveling yeah you know
0: so but none of that money goes back to where it actually came from exactly
1: yeah. exactly um and their argument is basically that um africans did not know how, how to preserve art mm. cultural art so it's basically it's a, yeah the argument is to, to to help us have you know keep it yeah. you know for long generations yeah. um so that's the big thing with gabon yeah i i was never disconnected from my spirituality yeah um and when i come from a tribe which is known as the mermaid tribe nice. it's called miene um and basically just because we're along the river and uh, along the river along the ocean Okay, and it was basically one of the ports, um, you know, the the points where you know, like the the um, where the slaves would be basically shipped off.
0: Yeah.
1: For us, it was for us. It was mainly Brazil. Okay. Because it's across the ocean from us. Yeah. Places like Senegal, it was more the US and the Caribbean. So growing up, um, I actually. Don't even remember how young I was when I started communicating. The first, actually, the first I would call her a goddess. Um, some people call her an Orisha. She's really my sister, Oshun.
0: Yeah,
1: um, she would probably be as a sub Saharan African people, our um oldest you say in English, oldest ancestor.
0: Yeah, and just for those uh listening, um, uh, what's your first language, Miss Prabala?
1: It's also miene, the name is
0: miene. Yes. I mean, your first language,
1: yeah, miene.
0: That's the language. Oh, I've never heard of it before. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're, so good. <laughs> you're
1: remember, remember, I told you my country has yes, less than two million, and we're split into 50 groups, okay, and subgroups. so it's uh, you know, probably. Two hundred thousand people speak
0: that language today. Okay, wow, that's beautiful. Tiny. Yes. So she's uh, well versed in different languages. So, just if she's like, "What does it mean in English?" I just want you guys to know she has different languages under her belt.
1: That's oh, yes. for my audience.
0: That's, that's for my audience to know when you mention that. But yes. you mentioned um, your first goddess um, that you communicated with was Oshun, and how would you describe Oshun to our audience?
1: Okay, as a little girl. Oshun first appeared to me. Okay, let me just explain the scene, how it happened. Um, I used to go, my great grandmother uh, was actually, everyone in my family has, is a healer in some sense, mm-hmm. meaning that, you know, have, have they do it openly. Yeah. Um, and my great grandmother was part of a group which is called Jembe. Yeah. Jembe is actually, the name that was later on uh, given to a drum. Yeah. Named, yeah. Um, which is basically the main instrument we we'll use as miene um, to, to call upon our ancestors. Once we open the, ceremon- the ceremonials, actually, which, which is really something that we did every night to open the paths. Yeah. We use the drums. And the drums were only supposed to be touched by men because it represented um venus Mm -hmm. divine feminine Mm -hmm. um sexual energy Mm -hmm. creative energy and the infinity sign that is why the djembe drum is unlike other drums that you find because you have it's really you know really like an eight shape with the two parts top and bottom being the same, uh, the same size, which is not the same as other drums that you find in other cultures, North Africa, places like Morocco. Yeah. It's different types. So the djembe, uh ceremony or ritual is a the first initiation we do as Miene women because it's a women's only initiation where we are taught how to become women. yeah. How to use our sexual energy, what it means, how to connect to Earth. Um, we dan- we do dance rituals, uh, symbolic dance rituals, symbolic. Uh
0: Hey, Selfish Babe. If you are a new listener to my podcast, hello. And if you are a long-time listener, I love you. Thank you for joining me. My name is Olenike Osipowale, and I'm the CEO of both Selfish Babe and Goddess Detox. I am the face and wisdom behind Selfish Babe. In four years, I was able to bring in $10 million in revenue through my company, Goddess Detox. Of course, I did the work, but I also connected with my ancestors and my spiritual self-love practices to assist me. I truly believe that where I am today, it is the work that I was able to do in the spiritual to help elevate me to who I am today. With me, self-love is more than painting your toes and taking a bubble bath. Every woman is innately powerful in her own way. I had a masterclass recording where I talked about you can have all the money in the world and you can still hate yourself. You can get all the surgery in the world and you can still hate yourself. And so for me, it's truly important that women connect to self-love on a deeper way, on a way that feels really good for them, in a way that they step into their power and that they start honoring themselves as goddesses. I truly believe that I'm a living goddess, and I want to teach you how you can become the same in your own way through my spiritual self-love practices. I have my Selfish Fuck Academy, where I teach all my spiritual self-love practices, such as connecting with your ancestors, using the herbs to cleanse yourself off of negativity, as well as to attract prosperity and abundance into your life how to set up your self-love altar, do your rituals for self-love, and really romance yourself. And so if you are a woman who wants to love herself as well as manifest like a goddess, then you want to join my Selfish as Fuck Academy today. You can go to selfishbabe.com and go to courses and find my Selfish as Fuck Academy, or you can go to selfishafacademy.com and join today. I love you guys. Bye um songs and things like that then my
1: great-grandmother was had become one of the leaders um,
0: yeah.
1: in that group and she was also a healer which i didn't know uh back then i i just knew that she was my oh she was my that must be my
0: assistant okay hold on Okay, you were talking about the djembe drum jump, jump, and then your grandma being a healer, but she didn't know that she was a healer.
1: Exactly. So what we would usually do is uh, once a week, usually on Friday, we would go to the forest. And the forest for us is along the beach. So yeah. we don't have like the Caribbean postcard type of beach where, you know, it's like the coconut trees and whatever. For us, mm-hmm. it's the beach and then dense forest. Okay. If you think of our forest, think of the Amazonian forest in Brazil, which actually, I believe thousands of years ago, were actually, it was the same because we are, you know, the continents just made one. It's the same forest. It's actually a protected forest as well. Very dense, very difficult to penetrate. So we would go there once a week and I would usually just naturally be drawn to a stream as my grandmother would go along, you know, (laughs) She 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 just did stuff. I just saw her talking yeah. to things, talking to uh, trees, mainly yeah. before getting, um, before cutting parts of the, 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 bark, you say the bark of yeah. the tree Yeah. and different plants, because we don't take anything from, um, from um, nature before asking yeah. uh, nature spirits uh, for permission. Otherwise it just doesn't heal. Yeah, you, know, you can you can't steal from nature because it removes the ashe from whatever hmm.
0: you
1: do. And so I would just be there by the stream looking, talking to my to my great-grandmother. And I saw the first time I saw Oshun, it was uh, a reflection. I saw her on the water, basically. Like a something moving like that on the water. Yeah. And I and it drew me. I I just felt very like what is it you
0: know
1: and and then she would sing to me and she would tell me come closer come closer come closer and at that point i don't know if she was i don't know what language she spoke really i just knew that i understood what she meant yeah and we would just talk she would tell me that i am pretty that i'm a pretty girl that she's proud of me uh that i shouldn't be scared Things like that. And I would just laugh. And then I would tell my my great-grandmother, I would call, I, I, I called her Iya, so let's just say yeah. Iya instead of saying great-grandmother. So I would just tell Iya, hey, this, the, the nice lady is here again. <laughs> the nice lady. <laughs> yeah. And she yeah. would say, hey, you know, yes, say hello to her for me. Yeah. So nice. the fact that we are so into our spirituality, and I, can't, I cannot tell you if Iya was able to see her or not. It's just that at that moment when maybe most parents would have told their kids that, you know, they're making up stuff, you know, closing the gates, she made it something completely natural for me. So I actually very much looked forward to going to the forest because for me, I was going to see the nice lady. Yeah. And she would tell me, that she would, like, leave stuff for me. Little surprises, little candy. She knew I loved sweet stuff. Yeah. So she would tell me things like that. She would tell me stories about her, about how she had been a little girl as well. Yeah. Um, and, you know, how she takes care of little girls like me. Yeah. Just really... Like, I really felt embraced.
0: Yeah. You know? Yeah.
1: So... And it really helped me because um, a couple of years, a few years later, um, I experienced traumatic experiences,
0: mm.
1: like the loss of my great grandmother, the loss of my of my father, mm. um, different things like that. Yeah. Uh, I was also a child that was often very sick. Mm. I was born with um, a disease called sickle cell anemia. Yeah. Which is very very common among um, black people but I have two types two genetic dif- deformities yeah. which are similar and one comes from um, from the Mediterranean and the other one comes from Africa I have both from okay. my from having ancestry in Cyprus and uh, Greece from yeah. um my one of my great-grandfathers. Yeah. I had both. So I was a very sick child. Um, I was uh, very fragile. And I yeah, would, would always really just like take care of me. I would drink like all types of mixtures um, yeah. to really be healthy.
0: Yeah.
1: And having Oshun there um, was, she was really my first guardian angel, I would say. Yeah. She really, for me, was my guardian angel. I would fall asleep, you know, and she would be like always near me. You know, almost like the, the the thing that you need to reassure you. And yeah. I know that when my father died, it really, really helped me because I was in such distress that yeah. um, the pain, to be able to cope with the pain, she she helped me um, yeah. quite a lot. How old were you when he passed? I was 10, 11. Okay. Yeah. And I was a, I was the, the typical daddy's girl. Yeah. Typical. Um, up to today, uh, there are people... In my town that don't even know my name, they they think my name is Princess.
0: <laughs> really?
1: I saw an old man this past summer and he's said, oh, princess. And I was like, You don't you, you don't know my name? He's like, Your name is Princess. Aww. So 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 it was a really, really it was it was a really difficult part time of my life. It was the first real awakening, I think. Yeah, the first event that really forced me to see life as not just the 3d thing we're you know seeing but being able to see that there's something beyond that yeah and to know that there are so many ways uh that I would actually connect with my dad until yeah. today he's one of my soldiers today
0: Ashe, Ashe. I love that um I was gonna ask so how did you get into what we what you call now goddess spirituality um because I feel like there was a period of um, at least from your book, pleasure, you know, of kind of conforming to society and then not conforming anymore. So how do we get from there to, to where you are now in terms of goddess spirituality and fully embracing who you are and, you know, the different goddesses that come to you?
1: Mm -hmm. Um, the, the pressure to conform really, uh, came the last, my last year of high school. Yeah when I realized that it wasn't cool to speak about some of that stuff anymore. Hmm. Because I, I would get, not mocked, but you know, peer pressure at yeah. that age uh, is, is important. And I was a very, um, how can I say? I, I, was, I, was all, I was, there was a lot of responsibility on my shoulder I was the first grandchild yeah um of my mom being the first grand the first child as well yeah um, I had naturally straight A's without really making any effort I was a really good student so there was so, sort of an expectation of um social success yeah um, or at least carrying that Uh, Because for um, where I come from, appearances are very important.
0: Yeah.
1: Demeanor is very important. And um, even though there was, there has been, you know, the whole colonization and, and, and things like that, we still know who is of noble blood and not. Really? Yes. Okay. So based on your name, hmm. the name of the neighborhood where you where your family is from, which used to be a village, yeah. things of that nature. Okay. So those who know would actually call you with a, a word that shows that you okay. are that first.
0: Okay. Um.
1: So social,
0: so social status was a thing. You know, if you social status from-
1: and be, yes, and being able to be seen as. Mm -hmm. you know portraying that social status without having to say i am that yeah was very important okay and for some reason i never unlike some of my some of the the kids that went to school with me i never uh i I went to a a french all girls catholic school as well so but the very strict one but I never went. I, ne- I never drank alcohol. I never smoked anything. Um, I was not rebellious in any kind, and somehow this spirituality thing was my rebellion. Was yeah. the only way I was different. Yeah. So I sort of had to put that aside hmm. uh, because it was just not. It was not cool. And my my immediate my mother was also into that whole social system where. Um, she had rejected spirituality as being, yeah. you know, like this is not, you know, in order to survive in society, she pushed, yeah. she pushed that aside.
0: I have a question. First, yes. for society in that time, like, was Christianity or Catholicism seen as the the religion that you practiced, like the religion that people outwardly showed, like, to be a part of?
1: Yes, okay. actually, it hasn't changed uh, today. Okay. Okay. The big joke for us is. You go to the temple on Friday and you go to church on Sunday. Okay. Church is a social event. Okay. Where you have to be seen, where you have to dress up, where you have to, sh- you know, basically where you show off how wealthy you are. Okay. Or how good your kids are or yeah, how, okay. you know, period. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to say anything else about that. Okay. Okay. So it's very rare to have people like me who openly say that I am not a Christian. Yeah. I do not abide. I do not play the game of Christianity. I do not believe in an ancestor called Jesus for me. (laughs)
0: because you know i say that a lot to my selfish papers i'm like i let them know that i'm not christian and that's not what i practice but i said if that's what you practice what you practice whatever but i laugh because uh for me i'm like oh jesus is an ancestor but you're like well he's not my ancestor <laughs> so i just thought that was
1: hilarious <laughs> i mean remember you have-
0: mental and emotional wellness is important I'm so grateful that more and more people are openly talking about going to therapy, selfish babe. If you have been thinking about getting therapy, I would highly recommend it. An easy way to find a licensed therapist would be through a company called BetterHelp, the sponsor of this episode. They've helped over 2.5 million people connect with the therapist and get the accessible therapy that they deserve. Prices are affordable and they even have financial aid options. To check them out, go to betterhelp.com slash selfishbabe or click the link in the show notes to get 10% off your first month. Love you. Hey, Selfish Babes. Welcome to part two of my interview with Fabiana Ferrarini of the Queen Warriors Fitness Program. If you are just now tuning in and you have not listened to part one, make sure to scroll back a couple episodes and listen to that one before this one. Let's get into it.
1: have a church... A Roman Catholic church uh, that has its roots in uh, some pseudo-Israelite tribe, which in fact was the darkest shade of black. we have call mm. it, you know, people of Nubia, yes. which is why in, in even in the Ethiopian Bible and the original Bible, and even in the Gnostic text, you have a Jesus, a Yeshua, yeah described as having copper skin and cotton-like hair yeah which is why when he tries to ex- escape he goes to egypt aka kemet or nubia yeah. in a place where he would not be recognized because he looked like his peers yeah so we're talking about a jesus which is an original jew hmm. okay okay Hmm. An Israelite, an original Jew, portrayed, described as a black man who goes to Nubia to escape the low melanated people, because in Nubia, they look like him. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. So in that sense, if I'm calling upon an ancestor called Jesus, I have to acknowledge that he's part of my ancestry.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: but i cannot um strengthen the egregore of isaac and jacob yeah which is fortifying a group of people which is not me Mm. so i know some people even those who don't from my culture who don't necessarily believe but who do it because yeah because their parents have done it because that's the way you do it they don't even question it anymore.
0: Yeah.
1: Even that is still participating and strengthening a group of people which has for generations come to us, taken from us, passed as us, and claim that our powers are evil or are yeah. N- null. Yeah. And that we should follow them. Yeah. So, no, Jesus is not my ancestor. um and i know for a fact that my first angels my first guardians the messengers between me and the high cosmic divinities the high ministries are my ancestors okay and that is why everyone should claim their royal bloodline you're not royal because of some social accepted notion of a nobility that was imposed on you hmm. you're royal because you're part of the highest type of royalty which is god Actually. period and the way for me to succeed in life is to acknowledge those who are here to help me instead of yeah. turning my back yeah on those who are here to help me how can i how can i how can i pray in a language that they don't even understand i'm hmm. talking i'm gonna pray You know, on on a group of people. Imagine I I pray in Chinese. I mean, yeah. You know, have you seen Asians claiming their god to be blonde hair and blue eye? No, some there are some. Some. Yes, (laughs) I will say there are some. It's true, Koreans. Yes, you know those who have uh, accepted the invasion. Yeah, the big majority, or Indians. Yeah, you know so it's important for us to claim our power back and it's just first of all by acknowledging our spirituality yeah because for me once you once you connect to that everything makes sense yeah it's easier to put your boundaries because you know who you are yeah and you know that there's stuff that you cannot tolerate anymore because of who you are
0: yeah I really like that. Um, I really like your perspective. I like your truth. And I know that, you know, for some people, that truth may shake up, you know, or make them think. I think that's the thing that I like. It makes them think. Because for me, what I see is that a lot of people, especially some women, they just do it because their moms did it. They just did it because their grandparents did it. And when I say it, I mean Abide by Christianity or Catholicism and that's I'm doing this because this is what I was taught this is what I grew up in. And so for them, they find it very difficult to say, well, I'm actually maybe interested in something different, it feels like it feels I feel like I feel like it feels um, scary for them because it's like African type of spirituality right. Um, can seem demonic, can seem evil. They'll say, oh, that's the devil. Mm -hmm. But then it's like when you try to bring that to maybe your mom or grandma, they may not understand. And so, and then the large majority of the world is practicing Christianity because that's the socially acceptable religion that people Mm -hmm. abide by. Mm -hmm. And so I really enjoyed you sharing your own personal truth on like what you, you abide by, and like, you know, the openness of that. And I and I appreciate that because I tell my people all the time, like, well, I'm not Christian, but that's me, you know? But I feel like when people, when more people say it and more people are honest about it, I feel like it helps other people feel more open about it or even open to thinking, I think I actually want to try something different. This may not be working for me. And mm-hmm. the only reason they're doing it is because of, oh, well, they practiced it. That's, that's what everybody else does, you know? Especially Black people in America because it's just like, if you say that you're not Christian and you're black in America, it's like, what What are you talking about? Everybody's black. Everybody believes in in Jesus. What are you saying? You know? So I was trying to say, I really appreciate that truth, but what would you tell some of our selfish babes that's like, well, I don't really know maybe what my ancestors practiced. Like, what would you tell them to start doing? some you know a lot of at least for me i know some a lot of my ancestors practice christianity i may not believe in it but i have the bible for my grandma on her ancestor altar because that's what i know that she practiced
1: of course um, hmm first of all i don't think i would ever i would i would i wouldn't i wouldn't go around this route i would say how do you want to feel god god's presence Mm -hmm. because for the years and years i went to catholic school Mm -hmm. practiced um forced confession every friday where i was forced to lie because i didn't think i had sinned but i had to make up okay (laughs) because you don't walk out of the priest's room unless you have said your sins and he has blessed you put his hand over my crown chakra Belittling me and my powers, closing my powers? Yeah. How many like I can't even count. For all of the times I was forced to go to church to get my first communion and then all of the sacraments of Catholicism. Yeah. I never felt God's presence. Hmm. Never. The first time I asked a question in Bible school, I was shut down because I was called like I was trying to be sassy or whatever. And I was put back in the room for the rest of the year because I dared asking a question that didn't make sense to me, which was a very simple question. I asked in the Bible, Jesus appears until he's 12 years old in front of the temples. Then we don't talk about him. The moment when he reappears, he's 32. What happened for those 20 years? Yeah. If you don't know, tell me. I don't know a child. Yeah. You know? But I was... I learned that day that, for me, I was good in school. I was just going to learn Bible and everything religious. And I was just going to rehash... Just like I went to school and talked about geography or history or whatever. Yeah. So I just repeated like a, like a, like a parrot and I got good grades at Bible school. Yeah. And I promised myself that the last day of my, the, the day I would have my sacrament, it was almost like I signed that sit. That was the last day I went to church. Wow. And I never felt God. I never yeah. felt God's presence. Yeah. I felt God's presence when I was with my great grandmother sitting on the porch, eating sugar canes when she was doing my hair every other day. You know, just talking, she was telling me stories and I would feel angels coming around me. I would feel God's presence then, but never when in church in the place where God is supposed to live. I never felt God. So for me, it was it's really the first thing. Do you want to feel God's presence? Do you want to know what it is? And is Christianity really um, serving that purpose? Yeah. Do you know yourself as a Christian? Do you have all of the answers of why am I here as a Christian?
0: Hmm.
1: How can I be a prosperous child of God as a christian
0: mm-hmm.
1: or as a muslim or whatever for me it would be the first thing and that's when you have an openness because then they're like mm, okay the second route i would go about would be to talk about the fact that spirituality is a human thing yeah that you can actually be a christian or anything else and be spiritual because you don't have to learn You don't have to read the Bible to be a spiritual person. You don't have to read the Vedas to be, you know, a spiritual. It's about connecting to the God within you, the consciousness of God, the seed of God within you. Hmm. There's nothing. It's the simplest thing to be spiritual. Hmm. It's accepting that I am God's particle here. Yeah. And God has many languages.
0: You know, why not finding my language? Yeah. You had mentioned connecting to the consciousness of God within you. And how would you say that somebody does that?
1: Oh my God. Uh, closing your eyes. <laughs> <laughs> Quiet. Yeah. Learning to learning to be with yourself. That's true. It's so, it's so simple, but yet we're so used to being distracted. Yeah. You know, that we want everything fast, fast. Like we want like, what is it called? Gratification? Yeah. Instant gratification. Yes. What about just taking five minutes every day, closing your eyes, not expecting anything? Hmm and observing what's, what, what happens. And then you first see the chaos that is within you. Mm. All of the shadow and the voices and the... And the more you do it without expectation, just to be with you, because you're the most precious person for yourself. I see. If you can't even spend time with you, you know, yeah. why would... Now I'm speaking in metaphysical term, what would the universe you know, spend time on you. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. You no, know? you want to receive, but you don't even want to be with you. Uh huh. You know, so it's being with you first before even the rituals, because Venusians have a particular way. It's very ritualized. Yeah. You know? because we're, we 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 work with a specific with with an engine. Yeah. You know, that needs to be fueled and awakened because it's been dormant, because it's been shut down, because it's been in trauma and in false beliefs. Yeah. So as Venusians, yes, we have rituals, but before even getting to the rituals, silence, honoring me,
0: mm-hmm. honoring
1: me. And that's when you become the, the you become the greatest priestess, actually. If everyone Did that, or if everyone taught their girls and boys to do that, you know, their queens and kings to do that, there would be no need of people like me. Hmm. Because everyone would walk around as being their own God on
0: earth. Yes. I tell my selfish babes that often about sitting with yourself and sitting in solitude or spending time with yourself. So I just kept saying, mm hmm, mm hmm, because it's the same message reiterated. (laughs) So, as you, selfish babes, heard Miss Pravala says the same thing. Thank you, Miss Pravala, for that. I appreciate that. Now, you mentioned something I was going to get into, which you talked about Venusians. I know a lot of my selfish babes will not know what Venusians are, and so can you kind of give us a little bit about that? And like, how did you know you were a Venusian? Are they ready? Yes, (laughs) they are.
1: (laughs) Because this is this is woo woo stuff. Okay, you want to hear all of it. (laughs) You have to think outside the box. Mm -hmm. okay and i don't know what's the demographic of your your selfish babes but i know that in new age type of people which from what i see um because we're talking about the u.s it's a lot of caucasians that do like wicca stuff yeah who do borrowed stuff Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. they put together and like mash up and they now serve you like specialized terms because that's they're kind <laughs> they're good <laughs> they're good at archiving <laughs> other people's stuff and make making sense of it yeah. and it completely disturbs the whole process because now you're gonna go into meditation and searching for something instead of acknowledging that no you're not supposed to go and see what someone else has saw you know mm. It's not a movie. It's yeah. your experience,
0: it's your path. Yeah. But in the I just whole want world, you know that I have a lot of I have a lot of black women listeners. I have mixed listeners, but a large majority of the selfish babes are black women. Okay, so it's to put that out there.
1: Um you know, ethnic background doesn't matter in reality. It mm-hmm. shouldn't matter. But we're still experiencing the 3D. So yeah. history you know, there's still a story, even though we have to detach ourselves from the story. And that's why I talked about this. But the the new age group is massively white. Yeah. And if you go on, um, you know, blogs or videos or whatever, you will see that mainly, you know, like very boho looking and, you know, uh, people who have gone to to temples, to India and things like that. People who are searching or genuinely searching. And there are terms that are, have come You know, things like rainbow child, star seeds, and things like that. So there is a truth to that. And basically, the way you can understand, I'm, I'm giving a premise. The way as human beings, we have different origins, ethnic origins, different specialties, natural abilities, as above so below it is a reflection of how all of the eons of galaxies are constructed okay so you have different realms and dimensions yes the way i've experienced it is almost like countries where people are of pure blood where they're not mixing because it's I mean, the astral and the other dimensions are highly technological, let me okay. just say. So you can't mix an Arcturian with a Pleiadian or whatever because the whole, the whole system of how those realms are conducted, you, it's like they serve their divine purpose already.
0: Okay,
1: okay. So all of those realms, what I have seen, what, how I interpret it is when I've traveled there, is that they that beings entities from those different realms wait on line Q to experience the 3d so they actually i have seen lines where it's like they're waiting for a new child to be born a new seed to be created and you know and the soul enters yeah. that child yeah so it's very, te- it's like I say, it's very technological, what I've seen. And as a Venusian, anything that's complicated is really weird to me, but I feel that there's even like a something about astrology and the date of birth and the, you know, like all yeah. of that actually is all interrelated mm-hmm. as in why a Venusian versus a Pleiadian would actually enter a body. Almost like they have their time slots and it's like that time slot. It's a Venusian that incarnates. Okay. So a Venusian is one of the many, many, many types of entities that are part of those other dimensions, which you can actually enter through the 4D, the astral Okay, with your consciousness. Okay. But it's even more complex than that because our brain can't fathom, really. Yeah. Like I said, the technology, the complexity of it.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, And there are many, many, many. So as a Venusian, how did I know? First of all, I had to know that Oshun was a Venusian. Hmm. Because every time she talked to me, there was something about venus yeah something about venus. it was always that word coming venus 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 mm-hmm. venus so i didn't know i was of that kind up to probably when i was 24 okay when i started getting back to um really embracing The weirdness that i was as a spiritual (laughs) yeah um and basically i naturally have this ability to close my eyes i go to sleep very easily okay leave my physical body and go home so and i would know that that place was home for me yeah The moment I was there, everything felt like, oh, my God, this is home. Yeah. Yeah. And every time I would come back into my body, I would actually feel depressed because Mm -hmm. I actually naturally wanted to stay there. Yeah. So, and and, and how did I know? Because I was told this is your home this is your home this is venus this is venus this is the venus realm and then i would come and then i would be greeted by ishtar yeah and then ishtar would take me and she would bathe me in um a fountain she would like literally wash me and inside of the fountain there was a ruby so there was And I felt, and the fountain even, and it smelled like uh, menstrual blood. Wow. And so all of those things, it was really for me, the moment I was ready, it was about connecting the dots because everything, all of the symbols, everything that I experienced there were really telling me, you know, sexual energy, the womb. Yeah. And the fact that I was actually able to, at some point, not get out of my body, but into my womb to go to Venus. Mm. Which is even, as I'm saying this, it sounds really weird. But, you know, go inside and Venus is within us.
0: Mm.
1: We have this, actually, all of the realms are associated with our chakras anyways. Mm. So that's the thing, though. When people say meditation, it's, you know, it's not what, you know, mm, Yeah. meditation is embodying yes is going in you don't have to go out to meet god because all of the cosmos has been put inside of us Hmm. so i always knew i always knew um i have multiple
0: questions (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the first one is okay so you mentioned um going home within your womb and within uh-huh. your womb is venus would you say that there are multiple other planets within your womb or is just specifically in uh-huh. your womb is venus because you are venusian
1: no everyone everyone's womb is a venusian womb uh-huh. <laughs> um that's why in the yoni webinar i explain the holy grail Mm-hmm. of how each part starting from the lips you know your labia all the way to you know the inner walls of the womb which would be you know like the tail of the cup yeah which goddess is at which point okay you know and why for example if you're experiencing pain in your left for me I know that when I'm disconnected or when I'm there's something that is happening oh shoot I always have pain on my left ovary Hmm. because that's the home of Oshun okay on every woman's womb so every part of our bodies is a a dimension actually yeah
0: yeah and then I had another question because I have more questions the more you talk (laughs) and I know my selfish babes have questions so for example you said Oshun's on the left ovary Now, how do you know this? Is it because Oshun told you? Or is it because you just know because you visited there? Uh, Both. Okay.
1: Plus the third one, which is that they just showed me the map. Hmm. It's like the tree of life, like the Kabbalah. Yeah. So Hmm. every single one of them is somewhere. But the way you can actually tell is... Once you start even just reading the myth, because many of the front person of those goddesses um, are known; they're famous goddesses, mm-hmm. famous entities. Um, because in front of Erzuli Freda, there are many, many, many more Izulis.
0: Hmm.
1: You know that serve yeah. under yeah. that specific. It's like it's like you go to to. to to a hospital and you have yeah. different specialties. Yes. So if you know that, for example, Erzuli or Maîtresse Zilli is known for making a masculine loyal if he's been straying away. Or if you know that in mythology, uh, we talk about the notion of being spoiled yeah. or taking um being pampered loving luxuries yes. being sassy and capricious if you have an issue with that and you identify this ancestor i will call them as that because that's what they are you know okay. the word goddess even is a whole it's another debate altogether okay you know um But you have this ancestor, this is her specialty. This is her healing. So as you know that sometimes you would see that, oh, do I have dryness in that area? Do I have itchiness in that area? And you start connecting. What is happening in my life right now? Hmm. Am I not taking time for myself? Hmm. Am I rushing? Do I have the difficulty accepting gifts? In life, compliments, um, people holding a door for you because some women are like, no, I don't need, you know, all of those programmings, you can actually connect it and see that, wait a second, there's something that is happening. And actually your body has had a way of telling you that Hmm. because there is a seat of that issue and it's dual opposite which is the full embracing of it and mm-hmm. fulfillment of it within you okay so your body can tell you already yeah so just as an exercise for anyone who's interested you know in aphrodite whatever in different types of mythologies you would see that each goddess or each ancestor has a specialty yeah and how sometimes she would come into your life at a specific time, so that's why some people, I would say, for me, for my customers and my clients, they would work with you know one potion for two years, and then that's it, because that's the work they needed to do yeah. with the specific deity, and they needed something that forced to open something. Yeah, well, because potions are metaphysical um, ingredients put together to open things fast. Yeah you know but it's something that you could do in using other ways just that venusians use potions yeah but you know so there are many ways you can know it it's just a matter of asking yourself looking in the mirror and really identifying what am i going through yeah you know what am i lacking you know what is my pursuit yeah why am i pursuing this specifically you know, whereas yeah, like someone may be similar, having a similar experience than me, may not even you take twins. You know, why is she not needing this? Yeah. You know, why is my perspective on life, you know, always targeting a specific desire? Yeah. You know, why do I feel like I'm always missing this? Hmm. You know? and so when you have natural
0: questions
1: exactly you, you need to start questioning your 3d in order to identify what is you the goddess is trying to tell you yeah on your i was
0: going to say so if you start questioning certain things that you feel like you're lacking or needing then would you say okay well find that see that oh this goddess talks about this which is the opposite for example we have talked about Lakshmi before and she's the goddess of wealth and so Mm -hmm. if somebody's like okay wealth is important to them maybe that would be the goddess that they would work with to help them on their journey of wealth you know okay Yeah, yeah um you talk a lot about goddess spirituality and I feel like what you just spoke about was goddess spirituality because it's in depth about naming the different goddesses to work with to help you on your journey and so how would you describe that for us because I feel like when I first learned about you Miss Pravala it was primarily on YouTube so if you guys have not checked out Miss Pravala's YouTube please do and I'll have it linked below in the show notes but what I really appreciate about you Miss Pravala is that I feel like you were the first ever Black woman that would like talk about spirituality in a way that you did but also like different goddesses like i've seen specific people for example in african spirituality talk about like Santa santaria voodoo lukemi etc but it's just like that's all they talk about so -hmm. you're the first one that you even brought in lakshmi and like hindu hindu goddesses and i'm just like wow i've never seen a black woman talk about all these type of different goddesses and kind of almost like i don't i don't want to say mixing because i don't want to be disrespectful but like you bridge them together and Mm -hmm. i like that because i know Sometimes within even African spirituality, I feel like people can have a very can be boxy. They can be boxy sometimes. And so for me, I feel like you were the first woman that I've met that like embraced all types of different goddesses from different areas of the world. And I was like, wow, that's really beautiful. And so let us know about goddess spirituality and like why do you think women should practice? Okay.
1: Um Well, when you were talking, it brought up things, um, (laughs) other things. So I hope I'm not going like straying away from from the question. But the first thing um, I want to say is that I'm not preaching goddess religion. Mm. So I'm not antagonizing God in the way religions have portrayed God, which is for most religions, I think, a Santa Claus looking white man with a white beard on a throne.
0: <laughs> yeah. Correct me if
1: I'm wrong. No, you're right. <laughs> um so it's not in in up oppos- in a position to a God. Yeah. Um so it's not I'm not preaching and also this is not goddess religion. Hmm. The reason why I'm mentioning this is because my experience of the interpretation of African spiritualities is this um, almost like the need to impose codes of religion. Yeah. Um, so you have the family of Orishas. Yeah. And it's them and only them. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Um, In reality, it is true. And it is probably needed, again, because of history, because of what we've experienced. It it probably is, was at some point 20, 30 years ago, probably it was needed to reaffirm this pride of honoring our ancestry that was lost. Yes, okay. Um, because those are ancestors orishas for me do not need to be worshipped they are our guides that's why there's a a lot of um, divination also when you go to different priests of um, those spiritualities so they're our guides they're supposed to we're supposed to stay in contact with them to hear their messages. That's why I say if you go to if you do any type of initiation, if you have not seen in your travel and you know, once you do the initiation, if at some point, whether it lasts two weeks, three days, or whatever, if you have not met at least one emissary of your ancestries. I would question the process of your initiator of the person that brought you there. Mm-hmm. Cause the point is to meet your ancestors. Hmm. The point is to not even need someone to be the messenger between you and your ancestor. That's why you initiate hmm. to not have to go to, for me, my Santeria priest to say, Hey, Padrino, you know, I have this thing going on in my life right now. Can you please throw the, yeah. you know, the curry shells to give me answers from Oshun? Yeah. No. This is what you do before you initiate. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. When you initiate, it, it means you are in, you have the key, you have the code to unlock your iPhone, to connect with them. So... There are our guides and our protectors. They're supposed to tell us, okay, now you're not, you're doing something. I know you want to do this, but no, go back to doing this. You're supposed to be able to communicate with them every day.
0: Okay.
1: A couple of nights ago, I was awakened, like I was shaking because there was a meeting of my ancestors.
0: Yeah.
1: And I was not in that meeting, but I was. I don't even know how to say it. This was the first time it happened to me. My ancestors communicate to me through my heart. That's okay. where they're they Oh my god! I don't. I Maybe mean, I shouldn't say that. Just oh say it. We no, don't care. Like, no, this is a niche stuff. <laughs> okay, 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 okay. Cool, cool. That's fine. That's fine. Okay. <laughs> um. But anyways, so this is where if you have. If you have laser-raised eyes and you see things, you can even see their face here.